Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the pastor's study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And I am your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. We invite your calls. If you're listening on Saturday, the live call-in number is 631-955-5400. Or you can call any time in the week with your text questions, actually, 516-367-0391. Today and in the upcoming two weeks, I want you to think about the gift of Jesus Christ And how his coming into history as the God-man quite literally changed and is changing the entire world. You simply cannot understand history and our world today apart from Jesus Christ. Well, let's begin this unpacking of the blessings that have come to the world because Jesus Christ came into the world. These all come from the great gift of Jesus Christ himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, notice that the great gift is not deliverance from sin and death and, and the everlasting life that comes, although those are obviously marvelous and wonderful and thrilling gifts. The great gift is Jesus Christ himself. Now, if you're given the gift of a medical device that brings healing and strength to your body, that restoration of your health is obviously a wonderful gift. But it's the medical device that was given to you that's the reason for your restored health, at least humanly speaking, and so it is with Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for the everlasting life and blessedness that comes from him. But... Jesus Christ is the reason for that blessing. He himself is that great gift. But how is Jesus Christ the great gift? Well, number one, he's God. When you have him as your Lord and Savior by grace through faith, you have God with you and for you and in you, and that's amazing. It's truly amazing grace. Number two, he paid the punishment for all of the sins of all of his people by his work on what we call Good Friday. Jesus became the Lamb of God, whose death as a sacrifice became the gift of the satisfaction of the justice of God, as Jesus took to himself the very punishment of hell and the everlasting punishment of hell due to all for whom he died. Wow, that's also utterly amazing grace. And then number three, and this part of the gift of Christ is is frankly very much unappreciated. He satisfied the righteous demands of God the Father by being perfectly obedient to everything God requires all of the time from his conception right through to his death on the cross when our first father Adam was disobedient The last Adam, Jesus Christ, was perfectly obedient in body, mind, soul, and spirit. And that perfect obedience, what we call his active obedience, 
is as surely given to those who come to Christ in true faith as is his passive obedience, his bearing the punishment of sin as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Wow. 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 That, I mean, that's spectacular, amazing grace. Married to Jesus Christ by faith, which is what the Christian faith is all about, you are as righteous as he is. The promise of Jehovah, the true and living God, the Lord, our righteousness is fulfilled in the God-man, Jesus Christ, the Lord. What an amazing gift in the gift of gifts, Jesus Christ. So today I want to unwrap that gift in the gift of gifts, the active obedience of Jesus Christ given to us and received by faith alone. And you must have that perfect obedience or you simply cannot attain glory, the immediate presence of God forever. Today I have one of my favorite guests for a visit to the pastor's study, the very animated and very interesting Dr. Alan Strange is with us again today. He's not only professor of church history at Mid-America Reformed Seminary, but he also serves as an associate pastor of New Covenant Community Church, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Joliet, Illinois. His most recent book has a very imposing title, The Imputation of the Active Obedience of Christ in the Westminster Standards, the kind of thing that doctors write. But Dr. Strange is also Pastor Strange, and in just a moment he's going to minister to us unwrapping the unappreciated gift in the gift of gifts, Jesus Christ. Again, if you're listening on Saturday... You can call in with your question and that live call-in number for Saturday only, 631-955-5400. Or you can text your questions anytime in the week, 516-367-0391. Put that under Pastor Bill, 516-367-0391. Pastor Dr. Alan Strange, hey, welcome again to a visit to the Pastor's Study. Great to be here, Bill. Oh, boy, as you said before, we've got to stop meeting like this. <laughs> but this is, this, this is a lot of fun, especially in this season of the year. Okay, let's back up a little bit. We often hear about Jesus Christ is our Savior. But I, I frankly wonder, almost as often as people know what that really means. So, Pastor Dr. Strange, what does it mean that Jesus is the Savior of those who come to him in true faith? Well, Bill, I think that's a really important question, particularly at this time of year, because we're out and about in the stores and in the town square, and we hear the carols, we hear the music, and there's a, there's a great deal of hubbub in our society about Jesus coming, Jesus' birth. But why did Jesus come? You know, a lot of people just kind of keep him in the manger, keep him as a baby forever. But he came for a very distinct reason. He came to live and to die for us. He came to save us from our sins. That's what the angel Gabriel said when he told Mary that she was going to have a divine conception by the Holy Spirit, and she was going to carry and give birth to Jesus. And Joseph, he told him that in a dream. And Mary, in her great song, the Magnificat, even said, he is my Savior. Some people think Mary didn't need a Savior. Mary thought she needed a Savior and proclaimed that Jesus is Savior. But, of course, to say he's Savior, 
means we have to be saved from something. You know, if, if I were at the Jersey Shore or the shore there off Long Island swimming and the, the, they, they came out to save me uh, because they said, you're drowning and I'm not drowning, I'm going to be really offended. Uh, in order to be saved properly and to appreciate it, you have to know that you need to be saved from something. And we were born in Adam's sin, and we have our own sin, and Jesus Christ came to deliver us from all that. Everybody knows we have sin. Look around the world. What a mess it is in so many ways. But Jesus Christ came not just to make us feel good and to kind of inspire us in some way, but he came to save his people from their sin. Yeah, I said I, this already. Sure. You know, Dr. Strange, I've... I've I, I like to get beyond cliches. We hear people talking about being saved, being saved. I sometimes wonder if they know what they mean. But I use the same analogy you do. It's a rescue mission. The yeah. Lord is rescuing us from the drowning and the death of sin and guilt. Right? We And we need to be. And, of course, that means, you know, I always tell people, Christmas is a good news, bad news story, right? Yeah. I mean, we just tend to think of, you think of all the movies, What a Wonderful Life, and so forth, and and the good news that this this happy, warm, fuzzy thing is supposed to bring us. But Christmas comes about only because there's very bad news. Right. That bad news is, like you said, we're dead in sin. We have no hope. We're lost. We, we have no light. We're in the darkness. And Jesus comes as the light of the world, as the hope of the world, as the Savior. And, of course, that means he comes and he lives for us and he dies for us. Sometimes it seems that, that people think just enough that the Son of God, the one that we know of as Jesus Christ, just came into the world as the God-man. Why isn't that enough to save us from, our, from sin and death? Right. There's, that's, a, that's a big misunderstanding, Bill. A lot of people, even in churches— they think, well, what we call the incarnation, which is Jesus, who is eternal God, right, being born, uh, being in the womb of the Virgin Mary and delivered of her, that, that that act, if you will, sort of redeems the world. But in fact, that act is the beginning. It's necessary. The, the incarnation is absolutely necessary. The Word became flesh, but he did it for a reason. He came to keep the whole law for us that Adam didn't keep, that we don't keep. God's law. God is holy. His law is just a reflection of that holiness. And we've offended it. And that means that we have done that which is hateful. We have not loved God. We have not loved our neighbor. And of course, the you know the ways in which we show that we don't love our neighbor is not only by murder, Jesus says, but by even hating our brother in our hearts are looking lustfully upon others rather than looking lovingly as we're supposed to do and all of these different ways and we steal and we lie we do all the kind of things that we see about us and so jesus came to reverse that if you will he came to keep that law the one who is the law giver became the law keeper and he perfectly kept that law on our behalf and he went to the cross to pay the penalty for our having broken God's law. You see, because God is holy and just, he's of purer eyes than to look upon sin. And God can't just accept us into his presence 
and remain a holy God if we just remain a sinful people. God can't just overlook sin any more than a just judge in a courtroom could look at a man who's murdered lots of people and say, ah, it doesn't matter, just go free. None of us would respect that. None of us would think that that's just. We would cry foul, and rightly so. And God doesn't just dismiss sin. No, there is justice in the world. And Jesus came to establish that justice, to keep the law for us, and to pay the penalty for our having broken it. But you know, maybe it's the same for you and a lot of others. When I grew up, I grew up in a Christian church, in an evangelical church, and all I ever heard about was that Christ came to die for my sins on the cross. And amen, he did. He came to die for my sins on the cross. But this book I've written on the active obedience of Christ, how that's accounted to us, talks about how not only did he come to die for our sins, but he came to pay, or rather he came to live and to keep the law that we don't keep. He came to keep that in our place. And I'd love to talk about yeah. why that's necessary. You, you're, you're going to tell us in about a minute after we hear from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study, you're going to tell us that in Christ we are as righteous as he is, aren't you? Yes. Oh, boy. We'll hear about that, and you need to hear about that, after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor, and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's Visit Pastor Bill at gmail.com. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. Today's topic, the unappreciated gift, Christ's active obedience. My guest is Dr. Alan Strange, professor of church history at Mid-America Reformed Seminary in Dyer, Indiana, and author of The Imputation of the Active Obedience of Christ in the Westminster Standards, which are the doctrinal standards of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church and other Presbyterian churches that seek to be faithful to the Word of God. You may text your questions anytime in the week, 516-367-0391, or you can email me if that's easier, Visit Pastor Bill, that's all one word, visit Pastor Bill at gmail.com. Pastor Dr. Strange, let me play the devil's advocate here. First, you're going to tell me it's not enough to say Jesus died for my sins, and you're going to have the boldness to tell me that in Christ I am as righteous as he is? I am, Bill. You know, I, there is nothing I would rather be talking to you about today, Bill. There's a lot of things you and I like to talk about. But this, like you said at the head of the program, this is the greatest gift ever given. 
but you know it's like those old infomercials when we say he died on your on the cross for your sins and i'm going to say but wait there's more he's lived for you he's kept the whole law on your behalf and here's why that needs to be done think about this think about this if you're if you told your child you said hey johnny we're going to go see this ball game at six o'clock so your room needs to be cleaned up at five o'clock and you go and johnny's room is not cleaned up at five o'clock so there's going to be some kind of a discipline you say johnny i'm afraid you can't go to the ball game you're going to have to stay home with your sister who's doing her homework but now i still want you to clean up the room so the punishment is he's going to have to stay home with his sister that's christ dying on the cross for our sins but he still has to clean up the room. The law has to be kept. The law must be upheld. And that's what Jesus does in his life, in his death. He pays the penalty for our sin. It's like if you owed the IRS some taxes, they would make you pay a penalty for that, plus you would have to pay the taxes. You have to do both. So it's not enough that the penalty for your sin is paid for, the law has to actually be upheld. The law that you broke, the law you didn't keep, has to be upheld. And if it's up to you to do it, that's really bad news. And the really good news is Jesus Christ upheld that law perfectly for you so that if you trust in him alone, you have that righteousness that is as if you had kept all the law yourself and had never violated it at all. All right, prove that to me from the Word of God. Oh, there's many places that talk about that. Romans 5 talks about, uh, in Romans five twelve to 21, talks about Christ by his one act of obedience and his doing for us and undoing what Adam did. Or in 2 Corinthians five twenty one, how he became the righteousness of God. In this righteousness, isn't something that he becomes simply by dying on the cross. That's, that's where he pays the penalty for sin. It's very clear that his righteousness is imputed. I know that's a big word. It's a theological term. But that righteousness, which is his, which is by keeping the law, is given over to us. See, he didn't need to keep the law for himself. He didn't do, need to do anything for himself. Everything he did for us, everything he did, Bill, was for us. And it's really understanding that biblically, not just a verse or two. It's understanding that not only is his death for us, his life is for us. The entirety of all that he did in his life on this earth was for us and is imputed to us and accounted to us. All right, so, so if, if I were going to use the analogy you mentioned imputed, let's say we have a bank account before God. You're saying to yep. us that the perfect obedience to Christ in his thoughts, in his words, in his deeds, from conception until his death, that righteousness is put into the bank account, as it were, of each one of God's people. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I am. Think of it this way, too, Bill. Let's keep the bank analogy. So let's say the fact that we're sinners, we talked about that earlier, right? It's like, say we owe God $10 million. The death on the cross is the payment of that $10 million. But what does that leave us? If you owe $10 million and he pays $10 million, we still have zero in the bank. It's that perfect life that he lived for us that gives us $10 million in the black, $10 million positively. So he not only takes away the debt, 
he gives us this enormous gift. Wow. 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 Okay. Why don't we you... could never ask for that. We could never ask God to do that for us. God has done for us. What we would, it would be audacious for me and you to ever think of asking him to do it, yeah, that, but that, he did it. Yeah, that, that boy, that's why you talk about good news. That's amazing news. That's great news. Okay. In, in a couple minutes you have left, Dr. Strange, I want you to tell us a bit about Mid-America Reformed Seminary. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. so practically, why is the imputation of Christ's active obedience all that important? Well, it's important. How, how does it work it, out in our lives? I mean, what, what does that mean oh, for our Christian lives? Oh, what, beautiful, beautiful question, Bill. What it does for us as we grasp it and are grasped by it, as we get more and more that not only did Jesus pay the penalty for our sin, he earned this perfect righteousness for us that floods our lives, that fills our lives with gratitude. And gratitude is exactly what moves us to obey him. You see, when you hear the news and when you understand this, you don't really understand it, Bill, if you say, well, you know, if Jesus paid the penalty for my sin and lived and attained this righteousness for me, then I, I'll just gonna, I'll live like I want to live. Does it matter how I live? In fact, I'm going to eat and drink and be merry. No, anybody who rightly understands this, and the Holy Spirit works this in their heart, wants to live for Jesus, wants to live for God, wants to follow after that law, what John Calvin called, we talked about this not long ago too, that third use of the law, which means that the law for the Christian is an expression of his gratitude, of his thankfulness for this great gift. If Dr. Strange rescues me from drowning, there's never too much I can do to show my thanks to Dr. Strange, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. Tell us a bit. You got a few seconds left. Tell us a bit about Mid America Reformed Seminary. Well, Mid America Reformed Seminary is a wonderful place that is very much the servant of the churches. That's what we are here for. We're here to serve the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's in the church that men are gifted, that men are called. We're an institution that just comes alongside the church. Men that the church identifies as gifted and called for gospel ministry, to be pastors and teachers in Christ's church, and we furnish them with what they need. We teach them this kind of theology that we're talking about here, and we teach them how to read the Bible in the original languages, We teach them how to understand the Bible, how to understand what the Christian faith teaches, what a great gift it is, what's going on in the Christian faith, how to practically minister this to people, how to help people with their problems. All the kind of things you do, Bill. (laughs) Make me want to go to Mid-America. That's what we train people to do. So how are people going to find out about Mid-America Reformed Seminary? Just in a few seconds, tell us. They uh, They can send me an email at astrange.com at midamerica.edu. It's all lowercase, all one word together there, A strange at midamerica.edu. You can't forget Dr. Strange. I mean, I get a lot of, we have a lot of fun with that. We so. do. Hey, thanks so much, Pastor Dr. Alan Strange, for being my guest again. Let's take some time for counsel from the pastor's study. And I'm going to piggyback on what Pastor Dr. Strange said As we talk about gratitude, especially in this season in which buying things is the preoccupation of our culture of consumerism, not grasping, folks, 
but gratitude. Romans chapter 1, although people know God, they don't honor him as God or give thanks to him. Imagine a child to a parent with this kind of heart. From conception right through life, parents give everything to the child. The child never gives thanks. How wicked is that? Well, that's what it's like if we don't give thanks to God who gives us all things. What about you? Are you so caught up in grasping? Do you miss gratitude to the true and living God as the one from whom all of your blessings flow? Do you miss gratitude that he so loved this fallen world that he gave his only begotten son that you might be delivered from sin and death? Do you miss gratitude as those who turn from themselves and their sins to him and his perfect righteousness, knowing that there there is deliverance from everlasting death and entrance into a world of everlasting life in the fullest sense of the word? Do you miss gratitude for that? Is your life marked at every point with gratitude to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Well, if not, stop your life of ingratitude and turn in faith to Jesus Christ, God's greatest gift to a fallen world. In him, union with God, full forgiveness of your sins, and a new suit of clothes, a perfect righteousness of God by the perfect obedience of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Remember, Sunday's the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that's faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.